Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Meteorologist Ed Russo here. And meteorologist Tom Russell here. And we're doing this in separate locations. So Ed's uh, always busy, always uh, shooting stuff for the news, putting together stories. So Ed is on the road. I'm in the weather center. So let the games begin. Ed. Yeah, I'm sitting in a parking lot. I feel like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a documentary. Oh, well, maybe yeah, I've, never, I've never done an interview like this before. Well, we're just doing we're not doing a documentary we're just doing another episode of it's a raining mess and we have a lot to talk about we sure do i guess we got to talk about uh, hurricane ian which just uh is devastating uh, portions of south florida you have family uh in the fort myers area and as of this recording we still don't know uh you know what it looks like but the pictures i've seen out of fort myers itself uh the downtown part just devastated just leveled and uh, that includes places down towards Naples and uh, just any of those barrier islands that just took the brunt of this thing. The picture that really jumps out at me is the uh, Sanibel Causeway, this road that mm -hmm. you know goes over to Sanibel just washed out. So they build these bridges on a series of you know little beachheads kind of, uh, and the the sand underneath gets washed out, and there goes the road with it. You know. Yep. Yep. You know it. It was just. It was those one. It was those kind of storms where you knew it was going to wipe out a major thoroughfare, right? Major causeway. You knew it was going to, you know, redefine the coast. I, I mean, like erase little islands, create new ones. I mean, it's 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 land altering. Well, and and that's all part of nature. So you know, we build things on sand, but sand is sand because that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to shift and move. Right. I'm not trying to make light of the tragedy. I'm just saying we, we put ourselves in precarious positions when we we have development on the that kind of a, you know a barrier island or anything that's supposed to shift and move as far as nature is concerned. So it's just um, it's just heartbreaking because even since Charlie, which Charlie was a, a pretty decent storm in 2004, you have all the development in the previous 18 years now, and nobody's thinking Charlie anymore. You know that gets lost to to history. And then you build and you build and you build and then, you know, hey, nature does its, takes its course, right? Yeah. And here's the other thing. I mean, Southwest Florida, you're talking about Fort Myers, uh, Naples, right. maybe up towards Bradenton and Sarasota. Bradenton. I mean, that, that's one of the most, that's one of the fastest growing yep. areas. The I would say east of, the, east of the Mississippi River. I would say the entire country. I mean, other than Vegas, it's pretty much the hottest spot. Yeah. I, I mean, everybody's going there. So you, you're getting all this land development. It's really hard to compare. Uh, I, I mean, we can compare past storms from a meteorological standpoint, but we're, when we're talking about damage being more costly, I, I mean, there's so much more development there. There's so many more subdivisions there. Right. And if you actually look at a map, if you actually look at a map and zoom into Cape Coral, so Cape Coral, Cape Coral is kind of like, if you look at it from a satellite view, it kind of, in the amount of canals that run through Cape Coral, I mean, it's like Venice. Almost right. every single uh, property in Cape Coral, which is adjacent to Fort Myers across from the Caloosahatchee River, right. um, it has waterfront. I mean, there's so there's like hundreds of canals in Cape Coral. So when you're talking about that storm surge getting pushed up the Caloosahatchee into Estero Bay, I mean, all that water and all the canals back up and you just get this massive flooding. So I, I'm really dreading to hear what kind of you know stories come out of cape coral alone yeah and and all that is built on purpose that way everybody wants a boat access or whatever so uh they're man-made canals and they dredge them and they keep them 
uh, flowing, but this is the point where they become most vulnerable. And a lot of that, especially going back 30, 50 years in, in Florida, was just a modular homes. So they're yeah. not built to any kind of standard. They're they're not ready to withstand anything. And as you were, you know, alluded to, there's just so much development in basically a swamp. So you're asking for trouble at some point. You know, you might go 50 years without something or you know, half a lifetime without something and and just not ready for when it comes. Yeah, you know, and I think unfortunately it it uh I, I think in you know with all these kind of things, you know, people get get caught off guard. And and I hate I, I hate when people get mad, oh, why don't you evacuate? I mean, it's easier said than done. Right. I mean, you some people literally sometimes they don't have the means to go because of a, right. a physical problem or they, they just don't have anywhere to go. Right. You know? And, and le just leaving your property in your car isn't necessarily an option when you can't a outrun the storm. You mm -hmm. don't know where you're going to go. You don't know if you're going to get stuck in traffic. You might need medication and you can't access it unless you're actually in a building somewhere with right. a bathroom. I mean, it's just, so many things that people don't think about. And it, again, the whole evacuation thing is easier said than done. I mean, I'm sure there's people that should have evacuated that didn't, but there's a lot who physically can't. True. So it's True. just, it, it's really hard to kind of judge anyone who has to go through something like that. The other stat, uh, I think it was a weather channel or somebody put up, uh, they showed the whole Gulf of Mexico. So uh, the Florida coast, but all the way over to Texas, we've had six major storms since 2017 uh as far as uh, tropical landfalls and uh, you know it it seems like a lot but to what you're saying it should get everybody's attention that it is going to happen sooner rather than later so as you're developing as you're building we've got to be more proactive on evacuation routes uh you know building codes and we've gotten better but you know time goes by without a storm and you know sometimes those little things go by the wayside, but they're so important at the time of, you know, like you were saying, evacuation or getting ready for the storm. But this should be a wake up call for anybody close to water. It's going to happen sooner rather than later. You got to be ready for it. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you're talking about, um, uh, we were talking about Charlie earlier, right? Um, I saw who I forget who, who, uh, who tweeted this out, but there's another meteorologist just kind of show a comparison of Charlie to yeah. Ian and uh, four eye walls of Charlie could fit inside Ian's <laughs> eye. Right. So it right. just gives you an idea. You know, you're looking at a much larger storm. Um, and when you're dealing with a much larger storm like Ian, now the winds were stronger with Ian, but let's say hypothetically that Ian was as strong as charlie or charlie was as strong as ian ian would have still produced way more storm surge because it's pushing a lot more water to the coast because the size of the storm is the bigger. size of it right i mean yeah. it was a massive storm it really you know the governor DeSantis got called it a monster and that was not an exaggeration so then you had all the flooding moving inland towards uh, orlando and then up the coast towards uh, south carolina so it's a it's a far-reaching thing uh as well and you know more lessons learned here but um you know your heart just goes out to those people when you see these pictures of of just leveling and i've been through a flood in, in 98 we lived in panama city beach and, and we flooded and it's just awful i mean for a year your your life is just out of sorts you're trying to rebuild you're trying to do paperwork i mean it just it really upends your life 
Yeah, it does. It does. In, and in more ways that you can think of, that you, can yeah. think of, you know, it's yeah. life altering. All right. Let's uh, switch gears to uh, we're about to turn the calendar here to October. And uh, we've got a matter of fact, tonight, as we record this, there's a uh, frost advisory in the northern county. So it won't be long before we're dealing with our fall chill, pretty significant chill. So, Ed, I pulled out the average date of uh, the end of the growing season. So what do you think it is? And it's kind of split up in three tiers. So our northern counties, uh, and then Dolphin, and then like Adams, York, and Lancaster. What, what would your guess be without looking at October fifteenth? Mm, very good. That's right on too. Right on. Right on cue. So average date of uh, the end of the growing season. What we say is basically our first killing frost is uh, October the fifteenth for Adams, York, and Lancaster. It's averaging out to October twentieth, and of course, it's a little before the fifteenth if you're. Uh, listening from some of our northern counties, maybe Mifflin, Juniata, Snyder, Northumberland. So most of the agricultural folks know this, but a lot of times it catches <laughs> our average gardener and uh, a green thumb off guard a little bit. So it you know how I knew it? Do you know yeah. how I knew it? How? Tom, I grew up here. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up here. Uh, well, yeah. you're good with that stuff. And I wake up every October 15th. I think this is going to be there. <laughs> I just know it. This is the last day. No. Do you celebrate with cards and gifts and everything? Yep, I do. I, <laughs> I bring I bring all my plants in and even if they still have product and yield, I throw it out. Can't grow stuff anymore. <laughs> uh, it, it, it is kind of a, an arbitrary date, but it is pretty uh, pretty accurate as far as when you need to be ready to, to bring those things in. Uh, I know for me, I'm always fighting my lawn. So I always debate, I just bought some lawn seed. I'm like, is it too late to throw this in the ground? And everybody says, well, it's seed. It's never too late. It'll come back in the spring or whatever. But you, you hate to waste money at this point. Oh my gosh, but, yes. But then if you don't, you'll get one of these 70 degree days and, and then some rain. You're like, oh, I wish I put the, uh, the seed down because then I could grow a little grass. Yeah, I guess you more. do have to watch out for that. Like that's yeah. something, yeah. And yeah. it, it, it ain't cheap. I was out buying uh, some uh, that weed and feed or whatever they call that stuff. Uh, but it's supposed to be stuff that you can, has the mulch already in it. You just throw it down yeah. and it grows. And uh, you hate to waste it because it was like 50 bucks a bag or something. So like, be careful with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a good point. I mean, you know, you say these, we say these dates are arbitrary, but it, you know, it's, it, it, it's a good target date for what right. you can expect. That's true. And, and for farmers and, and stuff, it's it's pretty valuable information, you know. All right. Well, let's get to let's pick your brain real quick. Do you think uh, we're headed for a cold start to everything? In other words, uh, cold hits quick or cold holds off? What are you thinking? I mean, I, I haven't been looking out that far yet, but I am interested. I know that there are. So you, we, we've been talking about this uh, triple dip La Nina. Right. The third this would be the third, you know, winter where we'd be going into it with potentially a La Nina. And from some of the stuff I've read indicates that it doesn't behave like a traditional La Nina winter when you have three in a row. The third one actually behaves a little differently than the previous two. Does it matter how strong the third one is or just that's- I'm not issue. sure. That's what I'm trying to figure out. But there's a, like, you know, for most of, you know, it usually gives us kind of a, a lackluster winter but with a triple dip, a triple dip La Nina, the third one, it's not necessarily that 
that concrete when you're entering the third year of it. So well, I'm trying. You know, have you, you had know, anything like that? I have not. I have not. I need to dig into that. But you know me. My feeling is we're way overdue for a cold winter. And at some point, you know, Mother Nature always wants to even things out. So yeah. to me, we really haven't had one of those really cold snaps since uh, like 2018. Now we're into 22, 23, the yeah. winter. And, of, yeah. and there have been La Nina winters where we've had major snow too, uh, you know, cold. Right. Blizzard of 96. Right. That was, well, that was a La Nina winter. So, well, uh, I, I do think we hit the cold fairly, fairly soon, fairly early, early uh, you know, late October into November. But then we always seem to get that moderation in December when nobody wants it, that whole pre-Christmas couple of weeks. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I, I see that happening again. We're like, oh, my gosh, we're getting cold so fast, cold so fast. And then uh, it backs off as we get into uh, December. So I think it's going to be like that. I think people are going to be surprised how chilly October ends up and then into November and then moderation. And then possibly then maybe another pattern switch by January with if it follows like last year, another mild February, that's what we had. Right. Yeah. So we're just starting to go through, you know, what we're expecting for our winter forecast. So, yeah, that's one of the things we're working for, working on as our, uh, as our weather team, but I, I'll be ready for some, some cold quick and early here yep. as we, uh, as we play out October and November. Uh, does that mean the end of the lantern fly? I've been seeing less of them. Have you? Any reason? I wouldn't say less. It depends on where you are, but I have had a lot where I am, and I don't see them crawling around as much. I think they're just. I think I don't know. I think it might be getting a little bit chilly for them. You know, I posted on Facebook that I hadn't seen stink bugs. I had seen a lot of lanternflies, but not stink bugs. And then everybody started chiming in that no, 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 they're out there. They're at my place. They're in this location. So have you seen many of the stink bugs? Yet? No, I haven't. I haven't. So I wonder if they're kind of on their way out. What if the stink bug actually, you know, one of its um, strategies for survival was to put on a lanternfly costume <laughs> and all, all of the uh, lanternflies are, are secretly uh, stink bugs <laughs> in very colorful capes. That could be. That could be. Leave it to you to figure. Yeah, that that's out. a very. That Describe. was a very scientific argument that I just laid out. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, okay, so it's a uh, it's pumpkin season. Everybody's uh, into fall. I mean, the other thing we got to point out, and uh, you know, September never gets any of the love, but this weather has been fantastic. If I was just going to say fall, that. Yeah, September has it's just we've been slightly above average by like a degree. Yep. It's been warm days, cool nights, no humidity. Mm -hmm. I mean, this whole second half of the month has been amazing. And you know, the other thing is, like, I I, I got to tell you, our last rain event, which was I, I don't know, maybe seven, ten days ago, I was actually look really looking forward to it. Like that nice, cool rain, especially in the morning. Like I really have grown over the years. I think maybe over the past year to really like a good gentle soaking rain you are growing older my friend when you appreciate a cool gentle rain yeah so so you, okay so you're up there too you like the gentle rain. <laughs> you're I'm not calling you i'm not calling you older well when <laughs> yes you are but when you get to my age then the joints start to hurt and then it's not as much fun so yeah 
<laughs> Nothing a nice little fire can't fix, right? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, you are old. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else on your mind, sir? Uh, there always is. We have to save more for the next podcast. Uh, good point. Good point. Yes. Uh, don't forget to check out all our podcasts. Just go to cbs21.com. Find those uh, podcasts there. It's called It's Raining Mets. Uh, and of course, you can always find it wherever you find podcasts, too, I think. All right. Yep. All right. Exactly what Tom said. You're listening to It's Raining Mets.